When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome into episode 14 of Winnipeg Jets Weekly. I'm your host, Connor Rabchak. The Winnipeg Jets lost all three games this week. I think this is the first time I'm talking about three losses on this show. And if this is your first time tuning in, Winnipeg Jets Weekly is a show I bring to you every Monday morning, recapping the week that was and previewing the upcoming week for the Winnipeg Jets. Let's get into that first game, the 4-1 loss to the Boston Bruins. This was easily the Jets' worst game of the three that I'm going to talk about here. Fresh off of a win against Ottawa, an overtime win, they go into Boston and give up four goals for the first time since November 2nd. 34 straight games. The streak is over. They finally allowed more than three goals in a game. Yes, it was an empty netter. Dylan DeMello joked after the game that maybe there's an asterisk next to the fact that they scored four because it was an empty netter. But nonetheless, four goals went into the net. And as you can see here, if you're on YouTube, this game wasn't really close. I mean, the expected goals, Boston more than doubled the Jets. The Jets really struggled with breakouts in this game. They didn't have Gabriel Velarde. They didn't have Mark Scheifele on the road against Boston. Definitely an underdog going into it, and it showed Boston one of the best teams in the NHL, especially on home ice. And Boston's forecheck was all over the Jets' defense core. They really had no chance. And Hellebuck, even though it was only 21 shots against, they were high-danger shots. A lot of expected goals for Boston. So a 4-1 loss, and the Jets finally give up more than three goals in a game to the Boston Bruins. As we've seen time and time again with the Jets this year, they had a bad first two periods, but in the third period, they put Lowry back with Niederreiter and Appleton, moved Nemesikov with Connor and Ehlers, and those lines were really generating a lot of offense, and the Jets actually had a solid third period push. The 5-on-5 five five numbers in the third period, the Jets were all over the Bruins, but it was too little too late when you have the first two periods that they did against Boston, a really good defensive team. If the Jets are the best defensive team in the NHL, Boston's right up there with them, and uh, it was too little too late. Even though they had a nice push, I'm sure Rick Bonus liked the pushback, but again, a 4-1 loss nonetheless, and the Jets lose out on a lot of defensive streaks in the process. And the pushback that I mentioned carried over into the first period on the Wednesday night game against the Toronto Maple Leafs. The Jets came out absolutely flying. They led the shots on goal 15-4 after the first period. But the story of the game, as you see here, they lost 1-0 in overtime. They were unable to solve Ilya Samsonov. Austin Matthews gets the overtime winner, and the Jets ultimately lose the first game of the home-and-home home series to the Toronto Maple Leafs. There was a lot to like about the Winnipeg Jets game in this one, especially at 5-on-5. Five five. There was a point in the game nearing the end where the power plays were 5 nothing Toronto, and then the Jets got the last two. One even carried over into overtime. The power play, we bring it up on every single episode. It's still an issue. With no Mark Shifley and no Gabriel Velarde in this game, you could maybe use that as an excuse for the lack of production, but I still don't think they generated enough on the power play. 5-on-5, five five, they were absolutely the better team and deserved a better result in this one, but they still got a point. Lauren Bressois was great when he had to be, and the Jets' lines that they moved to in the third period in the Boston game carried over into this one. Adam Lowry, when they could, since they were the road team, they matched up with Austin Matthews' line, 
they did a pretty good job actually for in both games i'll get into the saturday game as well austin matthews obviously scored in the saturday game but that came on the power play but five on five lowry niederreiter and appleton did a great job shutting down the opponents and this game was no different and the top line kyle connor nikolai ehlers they were generating more than enough offense but Ilya samsonov with an incredible game a 32 save shutout after being on waivers just a few weeks ago being in the ahl uh, needing to refine his game and this was the game where he turned things around he had an incredible two-on-o save adam lowry and morgan Barron had a two-on-o from the blue line it was short-handed and he stopped lowry rebound popped out to morgan Barron, who had a ton of net to shoot at if he was able to raise the puck he was unable to he still raised the puck a little bit but not enough Ilya Samsonov made the pad save and I'm sure everyone saw it on every single social media account but nonetheless probably the Jets best five on five game of these three games that I'm gonna cover came in Toronto severely shorthanded Josh Morrissey also left in the first period of this game with a lower body injury and did not return but luckily he was able to return on Saturday in his absence, I thought the five defensemen played incredible, especially Dylan Sandberg. We'll talk more about him later on in the episode. But let's get into Saturday's game. The Jets once again lost to the Toronto Maple Leafs. I believe the conversation surrounding this game should start with the atmosphere inside Canada Life Center. Sure, it was a 50-50 split, maybe even 60-40 in the Leafs' favor. But we knew that was going to happen. Leafs fans travel well. There's tons of them everywhere. And it made for an incredible atmosphere inside the arena. Dueling chance to start the game. Go Jets go. Go Leafs go. And every single chance, whether it was the Leafs with a scoring chance or the Jets with a scoring chance, the crowd was ooing and aahing and cheering. It was incredible. It was the best atmosphere inside the arena all year. It was a sellout. Of course, it's the Toronto Maple Leafs. You're going to sell that game out. But the Jets ultimately dropped this one this game ended up 4-2 and once again the power play was a big issue for winnipeg they went 0 for 4 in this game and on the first three opportunities didn't generate a heck of a lot the fourth opportunity late in the third period the second unit was on the ice and cole perfetti was making some great passes had a few really solid chances and even a nice net drive that he just missed but the power play continuing to struggle the Jets really need this all-star break coming up for not only health reasons, but for the power play as well. They need to get some guys healthy. They need to get a new look, some changes, some more puck movements, more body movement, because what they're doing right now isn't working. And if you watch the Toronto Maple Leafs power play, they're incredibly dynamic. Austin Matthews scored his 40th goal of the season as we are before the all-star break he has 40 goals it's ridiculous but he scored his 40th goal of the season on the power play they were moving the puck around it was a five on three but Matthews was wide open in the slot that's exactly who you want right there and if the Jets can learn a few things from this home and home series maybe it's from Toronto's power play and the Jets once again gave up more than three goals in this game just like the Boston game it was four but with an empty netter maybe Jets fans can start keeping track of how many times they actually give up four goals without the empty net but nonetheless the Jets lose both games to the Leafs heading into the all-star break the home and home series not how I know a lot of Jets fans would have hoped going into the all-star break with all the success that the Jets have had this season losing the home and home to the Leafs but Adam Lowry Dylan Sandberg and Rick Bonus all maintained in the post game that there was a lot to like this week especially that game in Toronto and even at times the game in Winnipeg against Toronto with the Jets 5-on-5 game there's a lot of positive this team is playing very well at even strength and without their top line center they just don't have that offensive punch that they need to keep up with a team like Toronto that can fill the net in a hurry especially with Austin Matthews and William Nylander just doing incredible things offensively but the Jets ultimately lose the home and home to the Leafs and they are on their player slash all-star break. 
Now it is time to get into the awards portion of the episode, but before we do that, make sure to subscribe to Winnipeg Sports Talk so you don't miss videos like this in the future. Huss and Remus, you know they're going live every day, Monday to Friday at 1 p.m., but also in the near future, I'll have a video coming up on some future trade deadline targets for the Winnipeg Jets, so hit the notification bell so you don't miss that, and let's get into the hardest working Jet and the three stars of the week. My hardest working jet of the week is Dylan Sandberg, and you could really give this award to any of the defensemen that didn't miss time in the Toronto games. That would be Sandberg, Neil Pionk, Nate Schmidt, and Dylan DeMello, because the Jets played both of those games with five defensemen. Josh Morrissey obviously left in the first period in Toronto. In Winnipeg, Brendan Dillon left early in the first period and did not return with an upper body injury. Rick Bonus said after the game that he tweaked something in his back and added that he should be okay, so nothing to really worry about there. But back to Dylan Sandberg, he played an elevated role with those guys going out, and I thought he played two of his best games of the season. His gap control, his skating, his defensive ability, his ability to block shots, especially on the penalty kill, was a huge asset this week. And fresh off of the bridge contract that he signed in the offseason, I'm sure the Jets are very happy with how he's playing this year. Dylan Sandberg's my hardest working Jet of the week. The three stars of the week were tough. The Jets didn't score many goals this week, but I'm going to give the third star to Vladislav Nemesikov. He was in the running for the hardest working jet for me, up on the top line in elevated minutes without Mark Scheifele. He was doing the dirty work for players like Connor and Ehlers who could create more offensively, but he actually scored a goal in that Boston game, a nice deflection on a Dylan DeMello point shot. And again, like I said, no offense in the Toronto game, at least on the score sheet. And then in Winnipeg, they scored one goal. One was a garbage time goal, Mason Appleton. So Vladislav Nemeskov was in the running for the hardest working jet and he scored a goal against Boston. He's my third star of the week. My second star of the week is Lauren Brassois, who got the start in Toronto and played fantastic. He shut them out for 60 minutes and Austin Matthews goal in overtime was a bit of a weird one. The pass went in front. Matthews chipped it off of Brassois and then it hit Matthews in the leg, I believe, and then went over Brassois' shoulder. Kind of a tough break, but the Jets, like I said, offense wasn't there, but Brassois was backing them up. Josh Morrissey goes down. The defense core played great, but he was there whenever they broke down, made some big saves and big spots and really earned the Jets a point in this game. Obviously, you can't win without scoring any goals, so the goaltender showed up and got the Jets the point in overtime. Lauren Brassois is my second star of the week on Winnipeg Jets Weekly. My first star of the week, I just talked about him, but I could talk for hours about how well he played in those two games. Dylan Sandberg, the game in Toronto on Wednesday actually was his 25th birthday. So a happy belated to Dylan Sandberg. And in Winnipeg on Saturday night, he scored his first goal in 77 games. First goal since January 12th of last year. Obviously, Dylan Sandberg's not a goal scorer. He doesn't take many shots from the point. He's pretty reserved in the offensive zone. He does more of his work in the defensive zone, which is exactly what the Jets need on that third pairing. But he actually chipped in on the score sheet. A nice shot from the point that was kind of seeing eye, got through a screen, and Dylan Sandberg got on the board. Like I said, there wasn't much scoring this week, so I'm going to give it to the defensive defenseman who doesn't score very often. Dylan Sandberg's my first star of the week on Winnipeg Jets Weekly. Now it is time to get into the upcoming schedule for the Winnipeg Jets. And like I said before, they're now in their player all-star break. So the upcoming schedule preview is going to be a bit lighter. They don't play their next game until February 6th. But if you're still here, make sure you're dropping a thumbs up on the video. Drop a comment below as well. Do you agree with my choices for the hardest working Jet and the three stars of the week? And if you don't, who is your choice? Who is your hardest worker? Who is your number one star? And let's get into the Jets upcoming schedule after the all-star break. 
Time for the upcoming schedule. Coming out of the All-Star break, the Jets will play the Pittsburgh Penguins on February 6th. That's a road game, a hungry team, Sidney Crosby, veteran core. They're looking to make the playoffs on the outside looking in. February 8th against the Philadelphia Flyers. The Flyers actually shut out the Jets a few weeks ago inside Canada Life Center, so the Jets will look to get their revenge on that one. And then the Jets return home for a Saturday night battle inside Canada Life Center against the same Pittsburgh Penguins. I'd expect that game to be another sellout. Sidney Crosby draws a crowd, and it'll be a fun night inside the building. February 14th, Valentine's Day, the San Jose Sharks. And then the next Saturday after that, the Jets will take on the Vancouver Canucks, two of the top teams in Canada across the NHL. That'll be a really fun one, hockey night in Canada. But that is your upcoming schedule for the Winnipeg Jets after the All-Star break. And just a quick note on the All-Star break, Kyle Connor, Connor Hellebuck, and Rick Bonus will be representing the Winnipeg Jets organization. So make sure you're checking out the Jets socials at NHL Jets on Twitter, Instagram. They'll be posting a ton of content. I'm especially excited to see Rick Bonus. This is his first All-Star Game appearance as a head coach. He turned 69 years old the other day, so a happy belated birthday to Rick Bonus as well. And I'm excited to see how those players and coach enjoy the All-Star break in Toronto. That's going to wrap it up for episode 14 of Winnipeg Jets Weekly. Thank you so much for checking it out. I really appreciate the support week after week. I'll be back next Monday with episode 15 to recap what the Jets did at the All-Star break. Kind of a lighter episode, but more of a preview for the Jets getting back into the swing of things. Make sure you're dropping a like. Make sure you're hitting the subscribe button and the notification bell so you don't miss videos from Winnipeg Sports Talk over the All-Star break. I will see you guys next Monday. Have a great week, everyone.